Welcome to Let's Drone Out, the original and best drone-themed podcast. We record the show live on a Thursday night on youtube.com forward slash Let's Drone Out, and our lovely patrons help with the editing costs. These are... Wacky Wes. Mikey Dread. Art Faulkner. Carlos Campos. Thank you. Let's Drone Out Good evening and welcome to Let's Drone Out, episode 265. We may shortly have a Jack appearing. Uh, first, he had to mop up some blood, and now he has to mop up his microphone. So we'll we'll see if he turns up or not. But joining us this evening, we have, yes, again, we are, you know, um, we have Honored. the amazing presence of Andy RC. Oh, Hello. Wearing some lovely Cadex gear there. We have Curry Kitten. Oh, it says Hello. team. I just realised it says, look what, I'm an official team pilot. Team pilot. <laughs> I've just learned that from reading it on the camera. Quick, <laughs> find go. out what your terms are. Ask for payment. Yeah. That's we cool. have Tony. Bonjour. And we have Blue Owl FPV. Thank you for coming on again. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me. So last time you were on with the girls' night number three that Tony organised, and you were about to do quite a major move, I believe, which is a tricky thing to do at the moment. How did that go? Yeah, that's true. I moved abroad to a new country where I've never been before. Well, I've never lived here before, so that was that's pretty exciting. But yeah, it all it all went well, surprisingly. <laughs> like I said, the COVID was nice to us this time. They allowed us to move. So, yeah. And nice. cheap beer. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, I'm in Czech Republic. So, we have it's, really good, um, really cheap beer. So, it's more expensive. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, Czech Republic is famous for having cheaper beer than bottled water. <laughs> and it's it's real. It's true. So... That is it's a good country to move. Brilliant. And you're I'm moving from, from France, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. So now I'm actually waiting to meet some new people, FPV people, and find some new spots. I don't know how it's going to go. I'm in a big city now. Um, but yeah. So if we yeah. have anyone in the Czech Republic who's listening, who knows some good spots or some groups or anything, then yeah, let us know. Um, exactly. You did put out a video after you came on last time. We believe yes, you into putting the video out. <laughs> I did. Yes, I promised you guys, so I did it. Oh, bless! Good to see. You seem to get a lot of uh, a lot of comments on there and likes and things. So it looked like it it went down well. Yeah, yeah. I have. Uh, I'm pretty lucky. My subscribers are very, very nice. They always leave some nice comments. So yeah. And was that? I guess that was in France, was it? Yeah, that was still in France. Yes, in the, actually, yes, could be Switzerland. I'm not sure. I used to live on just next to the border uh, with Switzerland, so sometimes we would just 
kind of get lost and explore the spots and suddenly you don't even notice when you're in Switzerland. <laughs> I want to go to Switzerland. That sounds good because you can stand in France, fly in Switzerland, and if anybody you know has problems on either end, you'll just be like, I'm here, I've nothing to do with that quad, and, and vice versa if, if the Swiss police suddenly come over. You, you may cause a bit of an international incident, but it's a good yeah, get out, of course. This could have worked. I've never tried that. Maybe next time I will when I go back. So have you flown at all in, in the Czech Republic? Not yet. It's been only two weeks, so yeah, ah. I haven't even charged my lipos, but... Yeah, I expect to fly soon, actually. I already got in touch with some people from Prague. Right. Um, and I might actually have to learn how to fly in bundles and how to race because this is what they do. And I just <laughs> like hanging out with people. So um, I might have to, you know, switch a little bit. Well, Which is fine. Awesome. It, it's fine, yeah. It's what I need anyway because... Um, if you notice in my videos, I usually fly next to trees, and trees are very forgiving. I mean, there are some small gaps, but you can still get away, you know, stay away from troubles pretty easily. While in bandos and in races, you really need that precision that I need to work on. So it could be, it could be good. I'm going to break a lot of stuff for sure. <laughs> Sounds yes. good though. I think we'd all kill for bandos around here. They're really rare, aren't they? They're mostly up north, where uh, you know it's a bit third worldy up that. <laughs> side of the the country but down down here in the south if if a space bigger than a postage stamp exists i'll put a block of flats on it or something right. so we never find anything absolutely but uh the the other thing that has been going on recently that i know you've been involved with has been the uh flying like a girl competition yeah that's correct yes was it uh is it last last thursday or friday that was the the final entry to date for the for the first round of it That's so you're not true. you're not flying in it you're judging it this time aren't you exactly yeah and i'm missing out a lot of fun but <laughs> it's also fun it's, it's really fun to to judge as well and it's really great to see all these videos we had 11 submissions this year last year we had well together with me there were 14 which kind of makes sense if you think about it because mm. three participants are now judging this year but yeah i was i was kind of hoping for more but i know that people got busy and i think with with the covid people got generally hmm. i don't want to i don't want to use the word lazy but a little bit less used to flying regularly it's a bit harder to it's been harder yeah, to get out yeah, of yeah. so there's a bit less <laughs> everything going on. so one of the questions i had because um when the post went up on instagram i went mm -hmm. over and i watched all the videos and mm -hmm. what was really impressive is the amount of variety. So as I was saying to you before, we, it, there were some really epic locations um, and then there were some sort of plain locations, but some really smooth flying and some were like really tightly edited and some was just sort of uh, DVR footage. So I was interested mm -hmm. to know how you guys were possibly going to compare like for like, because some videos are so different. Is it is it yeah. a tough job so far? Have you have you started? Have you got through? Do you know what's going into round two yet? Uh, yes, we already have the top five. Actually, we're skipping Ooh. round two. Well, we're skipping the the one of the rounds, so we only have to we only have one left, the final, um, and we have the top five. And yes, you're right. It was absolutely it was super tough to judge. 
but we had some categories. We had four categories. Uh, I think it was published by Jamie. Uh, we had location, precision, flow, and and like a general category, meaning that you can basically judge whether you, you know, based on your feeling, if you like it or not. Um, and one thing, yeah, we didn't judge the editing. Uh, we also didn't judge whether it was DVR or uh, HD because, well, if you have access to different kind of equipment, you can, you know, judge whether someone doesn't have a GoPro, for example. Uh, but when it comes to the location, we also didn't judge how cool it was, but how well you were using what you had. Uh, so how well you were flying in the spot, not, for example, around the spot, if you see what I mean. Uh, so, yeah, we, we just had to remember that it was freestyle competition. It was not, um, yeah, you, you just keep that in mind, that it's freestyle competition and you try to concentrate on the technical side of flying um, and it gets slightly easier. It was still super tough, really. Um, but yeah, we had five judges and then the score was an average of our um yeah our numbers <laughs> and i think those uh entries are visible up on the uh fly left go fpv video competition youtube channel which we've linked down below so anyone who's watching or or listening can they are well worth a watch what's quite nice because i think you had a limit of what three minutes so they're all quite you can watch them all in one sitting and have a really good um feel for uh how everybody else was flying there it was good. Yeah, good watch. Well worth yeah. it. I look forward to seeing who uh, who the, the next round is or the finalists, I guess. Uh, yeah, it's already published. So, is it? Um, have a look at Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Today, well, not, not the videos, but the oh. top five is already published, I think, since yesterday. Oh, okay. So you can check it out. And then the videos should appear probably in around a week uh, or so. The, the results will be published on the 4th of October, so in one and a half weeks. There's some quite good prizes as well. I see. Yeah, that's true. Yes, there are two sponsorships for yeah. first place. And it was already the case last year. And I won this competition and I got an Armaton sponsorship, which I could never, ever even dream of, seriously. It was so... I, I would never even imagine that I would be sponsored by anyone and especially, you know, Armaton. So... It was really great, and it's the same this year, which is really exciting. It's really good, isn't it? Really good. So, do, do you have a an, an Armaton product that you want to to plug here now that you have the opportunity? Get your your the sponsorship happy. <laughs> uh, well, I honestly I moved, and all of my drones are still in boxes and in the car, so <laughs> I can't really. I don't even have the t-shirt today. <laughs> but, uh, what's, yeah, what's your favorite frame of theirs that you you've flown? My oh, my favorite frame is the good old rooster. I've had it for ages, and yeah, maybe not everybody knows, but uh, Armadan has this lifelong um, warranty. And it really works. It really works. <laughs> I checked it many times. You basically buy the frame. I know it's not, they're not the cheapest frames, but you buy the frame once and then you can just keep breaking it as many times as you want. And it doesn't mean you just break it accidentally. You can just basically crash full speed into something and then they will replace everything that you've broken. 
And and this is really great. And apart from that, Armatan, yeah, Chris is a great guy. Um, the team is great. So I'm I'm very, very happy. It's literally the best uh the best sponsor I could ever have. So yeah. It's pretty it's pretty cool, man. Yeah. <clears throat> what were the what were because as Tony presumably has it up because he was looking at it, I think. What what are the, the prizes for, for this year? Huh, that's a, honestly that's a good question. I don't know the whole list. It's quite um, a lot because it also kept changing. We were getting updates as we were getting new prizes, and then you know it was being hmm. reshuffled. Let me see. We have a look. So there is a Gemfan and Orca sponsorship. This is probably the highlight. Uh, this is the first place. Then there is the Hummingbird Pro from Newbitround. Uh, there are motors from 533. Then there is a gift card to Brain 3D and um, Diatone uh, GTB 399. Sorry, I don't know it. But yeah, it's, uh, this is the first place. Plus, there are some extras as well. There are some antennas. There is, um, I think that's a frame from Schizo, right? It's a QAVR2. Uh, yeah, there are some flight controllers radio roofs and so on. There's a, there is a long, long list. Um, and that's only the first place. There's also, by the way, yes, there is also um, a popular vote. So if you liked one of the videos in particular, you can go ahead and vote in the channel, um, in the Fly Like a Girl channel. And uh, this person, the person who gets the most, the biggest number of votes will get some extra prizes as well, apart from the one, two, and three. Nice. Cool, there cool, we go. Cool. Extra incentive for everyone to go watch all those videos and, and pick their favorite then, I guess. Definitely. The other thing that we were talking about last time you were on was how you kind of had been involved in drones. I mean, first of all, for such a long time, I mean, Jack was very impressed with uh, you know, some of the some of the gear that you, you had because he's, he's a big fan of, of the older older gear as, as uh, anyone who's noticed what he's been talking about building on, on Facebook and asking for advice at the moment. Uh, he's, he's, he's been asking for resistor codes and all sorts. So he, he was very <laughs> impressed with what the sort of the, the, the old gear that you had. Um, I mean, the other thing I think was the, the camera angle impressed everyone that you were flying at. Um, made me scared. I don't know if it impressed me. <laughs> it sounds insane. <laughs> yeah. What people say as well. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it, it was shown off well in in your video, like why and how you, you fly with with that camera angle. Uh, you can tell that quite well. Um, but the other thing was that you'd flown around CERN. I remember as as the kind of interesting nugget there. But yeah, I don't think we went too far down that we, road. We so didn't. Please expand on this. Yeah, we're yeah. all I'm interested. interested no, the story behind flying at CERN. Yeah, so uh, when we say flying at CERN, it's it doesn't actually mean flying FPV at CERN. That was my job. That's where I worked, so I didn't want to mess with with my workplace. <laughs> but I was still flying drones at CERN because I was the the one and only um, drone pilot at CERN. Uh, something that not many people know is that at CERN, CERN is not only about physics. This is what people talk about because this is the, well, the main field. This is what it's, you know, CERN is all about. But 
you know, to be able to run such a huge organization, you need a lot more. You need a lot of engineers. You need uh, people who will, you know, simple things like um, you need people who will take care of the garbage. You need people who will take care of the buildings. Uh, there was even a um, fire brigade at CERN. So we also had a little small team, uh, which was basically surveying the, the whole territory of CERN and making maps and making sure that everything is out, uh, updated, indoors and outdoors. And when I applied to CERN, I didn't even know, but they were actually looking for a drone pilot. Uh, it was kind of an open application, so I didn't expect much. I, To be honest, when I was applying, I... I would never expect that I could get a job in a place like this. So, you know, I applied and then I forgot and then I got the job, which was very, it was a nice surprise. But uh, yeah, that meant I had to move abroad again. <laughs> that was already, what, four years ago? I think a bit, um, a bit less than four years ago. And yeah, we, so we got a job. Can I just quickly interject? Because does this mean you didn't apply for a job as such, you're just like, would you like to work for CERN? And you're like, yes. And when they interviewed you, did the stuff about drones and stuff come out there? Or was it all sort of a bit like, do you like, you know, do you like black holes? Do you like physics? And trying to, <laughs> trying to work out what you're about. Yeah, no, actually, there is a program called Fellowship that anybody can. Well, there are some, there are some conditions. It's not, uh, it's, it's meant to be for uh, fresh graduates from, I think, up to 10 years after you graduate, you can apply for this program. And it's a contract of three years. It's not negotiable. It, you can't extend it more. That's why I'm not there anymore. But uh, it was pretty, you know, still pretty for three years. And um, yeah, I, I applied for an open position. I just described my background and I've overused, you know, I've worked in the company building and flying drones before. So, uh, yeah, they, they kind of like my... I think there are not many people, you know, who apply with this kind of background. Uh, and apart from that, my background is actually photogrammetry and remote sensing. So that includes uh, map making and, yeah, processing the data from satellites, from planes, from drones as well. So that was, that was perfect. That was what they were looking for. And it was just, you know... Uh, doing the right thing in the right moment. And yeah, I got a job. <laughs> I got the job. It was pretty exciting. Um, yeah, and I mapped CERN for three years with a drone and taught people how to do it as well. I had to pass my, um, you know, get my uh, pilot certificate uh, in French as a beginner in French. That was, that was pretty challenging as well. <laughs> and like I said, I, I live next to Switzerland, so... It was also pretty difficult to follow all the regulations because when you fly as, you know, when you are a professional drone pilot, uh, you have to follow the regulations. And there is actually, there is one thing that people don't talk about. Usually when I tell people that I'm a drone pilot, they get very excited and they say, really cool, you know, they're, they say they're jealous. But what you don't realize is that flying is probably about 10% of, of your work if you're doing everything around it. There is so much flight planning. There is so much, you know, about uh, the regulations, the, you know, contact, contacting the, the airport, getting all the permissions and then making sure that you get the good data and then processing the data, integrating it. It's, yeah, it's probably more than 90%. Mm -hmm. Wow. 
That's the hard bit. <laughs> the good bit, useful, the good yeah. bit is the 8% flying. That's the only bit that I could do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the flying part is pretty easy, at least. It was, yeah, I loved, I loved flying. It was my was always a highlight when we could go out flying and there were so many different things to do. We we had some inspections to do. We had to survey new buildings. Sometimes I was playing with some 3D models. Uh, I was pretty much you know free to explore different things. It was it was a new thing at CERN. Uh, we've never had a drone before and you know everybody everybody knew that there was a drone pilot and everybody knew who I was because I yeah I was the only one. Um, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. So, what what sort of was it like a matrice or something or something that you, that you had to build or did they already have it? No, we actually got a Falcon Eight from Ascending Technologies. It's um, it's an octocopter. It's a V shaped octocopter. Big. Mm. <laughs> it's pretty big. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. It's more or less. Yeah. One meter, I think. Still. They make good noise though when they take off. <laughs> the flying is pretty easy. You don't fly in rates, you fly with the GPS. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the only scary moment is when you get some interference, and at CERN it could happen in many places. So, yeah, it was pretty fun. I think. Uh, one fun moment I remember is when I joined, and it, it's not related to drones, but uh, I think it's pretty funny. Uh, going from my building to the restaurant for lunch, I had to go um, past a building which had, um, which was called an antimatter factory. <laughs> and I was like, at the beginning, I thought, okay, that's a cool name for just a you know ugly building. <laughs> And for two weeks, I didn't even realize, but it was an actual antimatter factory. <laughs> they were actually making antimatter inside of it. And then you just, you know, your, your brain just explodes because it's something you could only, you know, read about in your physics book. So <laughs> it was pretty, it was, a, it was a nice place to work. It's an interesting commute past the, you know, the local bit of the universe that has some antimatter in it. Exactly, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And and what did are you interested in the sort of the the tech stuff like the the photogrammetry? Because I've never done any of that, but it kind of looks interesting about how you'd have to get the data and how you'd process that, and what what's the difference between getting good data and bad data in terms of making the maps? Was that was that interesting? Was it was that the sort of thing that floats your boat? Oh yeah, definitely. That's that's what I was actually studying. Um, you know, there is a you can study these things. <laughs> Uh, We were learning more traditional ways of, you know, uh, when I was uh, a student, that was 2010 to 2015, we didn't talk about drones yet. It was not, you know, at least in Poland, there was, uh, there were no classes about drones. We didn't process drone imagery, but there is a lot going on with the satellite imagery, for example. So yeah, it's, uh, it's a whole big field that you can study and yeah, definitely there's a lot going on. So, like I said, actually, many people, I know that in the FPV community, sometimes you can see a little bit of hate towards people who fly phantoms and Mavics and just take photos. And then, you know, some Only, some only a little get, bit of hate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because, yeah, from our, from our perspective, the, the flight 
characteristics are. It's just so simple to fly. If you basically push a button and it takes off and lands for you, there's nothing you have to do, right? No. But the thing is, when you're doing projects with drones, like photogrammetry projects, the whole complexity is still there, but it's just, it's not in the flight, if you see what I mean. It's, it's really spread out throughout the whole project, but it's still there. You still need a lot of skill and, you know, you need to spend a lot of time planning and then you take the data, you process the data. It's, it's still, yeah, it's not, a, it's not that simple. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. I don't like doing the, that bit of it. I just like the flying bit. It's all I do. I'm a pro. I've got paid for work. That makes me a pro, right? Are you, are you allowed to have paid for work yet, Tony? <laughs> it was yes, indoors, right? It was indoors. Well, in fact, in a television, I believe. Yes. Does that make it extra indoors? It does. Yeah. Um, so, so since CERN, um, presumably you've still been kind of using the drones and surveying and putting all that stuff together. Because I think I saw a, a, a post on your Instagram about something kind of related so so what, what what have you what have you been doing kind of since leaving the antimatter factory behind <laughs> yeah i i've been pretty busy uh so yeah when i finished my contract i i thought okay so how do i top that you know <laughs> like how, how do you get a cooler job and and i think i've told you before i get sport pretty quickly and pretty easily so um yeah, actually, I, I found another job, and it's uh, it's still with drones. And believe me or not, but I think it's even cooler than working at CERN. I mean, CERN was was really cool. It was really cool. To be cool. But it got, to be honest, at the end of it, it got pretty repetitive because how many times can you map the same land, the same area, right? Uh, and my my job right now, uh, so I work at We Robotics. It's um, NGO. Uh, it's called We Robotics, but ninety percent of the time we actually work with drones. Uh, and it's an NGO. It's a nonprofit who uh, created a very cool concept. Uh, they developed. They started a network of flying labs. And the flying labs. I know that some of you guys are watching me. So hi, hi guys. Hi Tiaro. I've seen Tanzania flying labs as well. Uh, and yeah, the flying labs, these are local knowledge hubs, which are uh, located mostly in the developing countries, in the global south. So Africa, South America and Asia mostly. And what we do at We Robotics, and this is this is my job, my, my I'm a, um, well, the position is called drone and data system specialist. Basically, I'm, I'm the technical person who supports the, the network and with whatever they need, you know? Uh, and it's, it's a pretty cool concept because when you think about it, uh, there are, you know, we are kind of used to this um, concept of sending the international experts to do some work, for example, in Africa, and then they go back to their countries, to the US or Europe or Australia, and the people there, they are lived with you know, they're left with nothing. They don't know how to continue the project. They don't know how to use mm. drones. They don't know how to what to do with the images, uh, because we're yeah we're speaking about um, drone projects specifically, right? But our idea is to actually invest the time and 
build the capacity of the people uh, who who were you know born there and who who know their country the best and they know their needs they know their local languages and they are really really intelligent brave people they they are full of passion they are so creative it's really it's super inspiring uh, working with them so my job is to support their projects when it comes to hardware and software and they have all kinds of projects uh, the you know the general uh, sort of category is uh, social good. So anything goes, anything really. So uh, environmental projects, uh, I don't know, cargo projects for, for example, medicine delivery, um, anything that helps people in any way, a disaster response, you know, disaster relief, uh, things like this. There are so many examples. Uh, and right now we have 30 groups, 30 flying labs. Uh, most of them are located in Africa. Uh, there is one group per country. And their role is not only to uh, work on the project, but also to um, you know, spread the knowledge, to teach other people and to kind of uh, make sure that everybody understands the technology and that it's going forward in their countries. Wow. Can I um, call on you? Um, I've got some beta fight problems at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Is there any chance that I can just, you know, hit you up on Instagram? You can help me out a bit. I don't think your your project's community based enough, and it's not helping a developing country. So you're back of the queue for you, Tony. Okay, I'll take that. I, I can still help you. Know? <laughs> <laughs> Take pity on you specifically. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it's a it's a good timing to talk about it because tomorrow we have an anniversary of the creation of Flying Labs. It's our fifth ah. birthday. Um, yeah, we're celebrating the Flying Labs Day. Wow! Well, happy well birthday, Flying Labs. Yeah. Yeah. Happy birthday. <laughs> Are you gonna go out for a fly? Um, maybe. Maybe. I think it's going to rain, so we'll see. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> I might. It's that time of year again now, isn't it? Do you yeah, have this rule as well? So whenever you get a new job, you need to change countries you're working in because you do seem to move about a lot as well. She gets bored. Yeah, she told you. Yeah. She gets bored of countries. And yeah, no, in, this case, in this case, it was a little bit different because, well, We Robotics is... It's kind of different than anything I've ever seen, honestly. And we all work remotely. And I started in January, just before the lockdown and, you know, the the Mm. whole COVID craziness. And that was perfect because I got this job. I started working remotely. I, you know, struggled for like a month or two. I had to get used to it. And then when everybody started working remotely, I was like, what do you mean, guys? (laughs) It's easy. I was already set. I I was all good. So yeah, <laughs> it was pretty funny. Yeah, it was. It was a good timing. Do Do you always work remotely, or do you ever get to like pre-COVID at least? Did you Did you Did you get to like go out and visit the the flying labs at all? Uh, yeah, we do travel sometimes. Uh, we had a meeting of all flying labs planned in Kenya in May, and then I think well, we I was kind of supposed to go to Senegal as well, but everything got cancelled. You know, May was already pretty hot when it comes to COVID. So, unfortunately, we had to cancel the plans. But, yeah, sometimes uh, we train people 
uh, you know, there are many things that we take for granted, actually, when you think about it. When you live in Europe or in the US, we are really privileged. And sometimes you don't even think about it, but actually people who live in Africa, they may not have access. You know, we can go to, I don't know, to any shop or to any website and order a phantom or whatever we want, actually. And, you know, you can learn pretty quickly to process the data and you, you're good to go. You know, you, you're a photogrammetry expert. You can get your certificate pretty quickly and easily. But for them, uh, you know, without... Uh, without the access to even to the technology and without any sorts of regulations and any way to get certified, you're, you know, you're required to be certified if you're working with drones, but you don't have a way to do it. Uh, this is really stopping them. So the, you know, the big part of our work and our mission is to provide the same access that we have and that we take for granted. Uh, for example, we work on uh, tech partnerships. You know, we partner up with some companies who we know they are just next door and uh, they may provide some licenses or some discounts for, for, you know, for gear and stuff like that. And this helps a lot. It's just, you know, just about having equal access and equal opportunities. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Is there like yeah. um, any kind of place where you can donate old stuff that you could send or something you know like i've got like mm-hmm. hundreds of drones downstairs some of them are, mm-hmm. uh, are antiques but if someone else could tony's you know, trying possibly... to get out of taking his drones to the tip he's like oh can you take, can you <laughs> oh, take all these no, i like keeping my stuff but i'm just wondering if if there's like places out there where you can if you had some old motors that you could send or some old FCs or something, you know. that um, Maybe. I don't know. We've never, you know, we've never thought about this. So, <laughs> yeah, might maybe. Be, I'll, might I'll be a good them. idea. Will... Yeah, yeah. Um, Set up some kind of um, the thing where you can, you know, if you're changing your motors and you don't want them, you can send three if you've only got three and then they all go somewhere. Someone can make good of them. This yeah. Yeah. Tanzania Flying Labs is saying on the plus side, we do a lot of beyond visual line of sight flights in Tanzania. Is that because Ooh. you're allowed to, or you're just you just do it anyway? There's no rules. <laughs> this is my question. There's no rules. No rules. I just do it. I, I, I like the idea. Yeah, there are some pretty cool projects. So for example, Nepal Flying Labs and Dominican Republic. They've worked on cargo drones where. Um, you know, there is this problem that we don't really have in Europe. And it's when, you know, during the rainy season, the roads disappear because there are no asphalt roads. Even the main roads are, you know, sometimes in a pretty bad condition. And there are many uh, remote communities, you know, especially especially in countries like Nepal. There are many mountains. There are places where you just cannot get. And imagine getting sick in such a remote village you mm. cannot just you know take a car or fly fly Magic. out or whatever you can yeah because you could be washing up and there was a sharp knife in the washing up and you cut <laughs> your finger and you dripping blood everywhere and you can't make it to your own channel and uh, do your podcast because yeah. you hurt yeah, and then you need a remote 
drone coming in with blood to top up your finger. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's kind of this, yeah, this, this kind of problems that we're dealing yeah. with every day. Yeah. <laughs> I get that. No, but I, yeah, I can imagine in remote, them remote places how good it would be a life-saving drone coming in to to drop mm. drugs and stuff like that. It'd be it would just be wicked. Really good. But to be fair, we've we've been dropping drugs for a while in this country, but mainly into prisons, <laughs> yeah. as, as I remember it. Oh no! There is. I imagine doing the same, but for social good. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like yeah Retraining those criminals to do do good with that drug dropping, <laughs> and uh, don't don't worry too much about trying to drop it in the window. Just yeah. So is this? I guess these are these projects sort of unmanned, sort of long range, like take something. Do do sort of a mission plan and drop it somewhere and then fly back and have have a sort of regular thing. I mean, people have people have been talking about that for a while. I get I get the feeling there's more sort of red tape in the West that's stopping people from doing it because mm -hmm. we all get we all get a bit oh like you can't fly drones around here. But um, over in in places in in more developing countries, it sounds like you know you can cut through the red tape a bit and you can just get on with it and and start getting things delivered nicely. Yeah, but that's the thing in the developing countries, the regulations are often so, uh, you know, they're so early on in the development of the regulations that very often actually flying labs sometimes work with the governments to introduce the regulations and to, you know, develop them. So sometimes it's, sometimes it's actually easier to get a permission. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I guess you can sort of show this is good, look. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's mm -hmm. good. Let's have that in before the hysteria breaks out and you're accused of bringing down 747s and things. Yeah, no, but uh, everything, you know, everything is legal and they always make sure to get all the permissions. Uh, it's a normal thing when you do it for work, you don't really want to risk doing something mm. stupid and, you know, flying into into an airspace of an international airport, for example, you really need to know what you're doing. So usually sure. are, the, are the projects based around hardware that's uh, kind of the off-the-shelf stuff that, that would kind of usually be used commercially um, in Europe or the US, or is it more kind of um, the scratch-built, um, assembled, uh, that maybe we were, we were uh, you know, we have more as a hobby level? Uh, actually, it depends. Um, there are all kinds of hardware. And that's because every flying labs is different. We do not tell them how to do things or what to use. They're pretty independent. And every group, like I said, every group is different. So uh, it's, it's sort of like a franchise model. If you see what I mean, they are part of the network, but they could have completely different backgrounds. So some of them actually, I know there, there are a few who specialize in custom built stuff, but uh, most of them use off the shelf solutions. This episode was recorded in front of a live online audience, downloaded and edited to make sense when it's played audio only, censored to please the iTunes people, hosted on the internet, forwarded through to your podcast provider, downloaded, playing on your device, and is now playing in your ears, all thanks to our Patreons. Consider joining them and you'll also get other online benefits. Find out more at patreon.com forward slash let's drone out. I was just going to say, because they're all doing different stuff, so I take it you're not there to sort of say this is how you do it. You're there to support them. Have you, have you come up, have, have they sort of presented you with ideas you sort of thought, well, oh, I haven't thought of that. That's, that's an interesting way of doing things. 
Yeah, there, it happens very often, actually. Uh, you know, I'm there to support them because I have maybe better access, easier access to the companies and to hardware software and all that kind of stuff and training as well. But very often it's me who's learning from them or with them, you know, to it's I always work on on a different project. Like every day I, I could work on a different project because there's just so much going on around the world. So then, and that's pretty cool. That's very exciting. It does sound like a fun job. Well done. And you, yeah. You've, you've won up to CERN somehow. <laughs> yeah, somehow. I know, right? <laughs> it's like not even a specific tool. It's like it's the, this general group of tools that you know how to use and then you're working with other people so that they can then apply them to lots of different problems, right? Yeah, exactly. It's not just about, like I said, it's not just about hardware because there is the whole data processing and data analysis part where you could, for example, predict floods or, you know, do oh, yeah. kinds of stuff. I don't know, look for damages. And there is there we have some projects with AI and, you know, feature recognition. Um, yeah, there are all, all kinds of projects. It's, it's very exciting, honestly. <laughs> it's super cool. So, yeah, check them out. Uh, we Robotics and Flying Labs. Okay. Um, so I guess is that weerobotics.com or is I'm just going to get that. Yeah. Yeah. Quick, put some links in. Yeah. You're right. She cut her little thumb the other day and she, she Mm. made, she made it running. Was she washing up? No, she, she was, um, weirdly, she runs all the time with me running the mountain bike trails for a year. Nothing ever happens. And I thought, oh, I'm going out tomorrow. I'll take her for a quick walk over the park. And we went over the park for like 15 minutes and she caught it on the grass. Ridiculous. This is so she cut her paw on grass. For for those of you listening on the podcast, just to explain. (laughs) (laughs) No, you you know, you know, when dogs go do the little mental run around thing and they just burn off their energy, she stopped really fast and turned and it just caught on something. Ah. You have yeah. to put those shoes back on her just for comedy effect. <laughs> I sent them back. They're so small. I'd love to love to keep her in some uh, some dog running shoes, but um no, <laughs> she just stood there and went, I can't do this. <laughs> yeah. Bless her. But no, she's all right. So uh, yeah. so Blue Owl Having only been a couple of weeks since since you moved to where you're now talking to us from, uh, you're going to be maybe moving again sometime soon. But uh, <laughs> other than week. that, um, what what else have you got planned for the rest of the year? Have you got any any other plans at all? Um, just survive. That would be nice. <laughs> Number one, tick. It's already Great an accomplishment. Yeah. Um, no, I don't have any big plans. Um, yeah, like I told you, I'm, I'm waiting to meet these new people and find some cool spots around here. Um, we'll see how it's going to go. Um, I'm pretty happy to be a bit closer to home right now because I'm, I come from Poland, so I'm just, you know, just around the corner for a change. <laughs> I used to live in so many different places, but it's always been far away from home. So that would be nice as well to go home. There's actually, um, there are some pretty cool spots actually uh, around my hometown. So 
I might make some videos there. Um, but sure, yeah, there's not much really. Make more videos again. Yes, can, <laughs> should we ask now? So you, you, you promised us a video. In, in yeah, a more videos. Yeah. <laughs> okay, are you going to make me promise again? Yes, <laughs> because That's everyone loves it. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I, I just, you know, I love flying. Um, um, I have mixed feelings about social media, so that's probably why I disappeared. And there's been a lot going on, you know. It's it's really, the We Robotics has kind of, I guess, startup energy, if you see what I mean, because uh, there's a lot going on. Everything is changing constantly, which is great, because you, don't, you never get bored. And it kind of yeah, absorbed my energy. I, I, yeah. I'll keep flying. That's what I can promise you. I can't promise making a lot of videos. <laughs> I'll definitely keep flying. It's what I do. <laughs> what makes me happy and sane. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, most of us use it to. Well, we used to use it to get used to get away from, you know, life, and get out in the field on your own or with your mates and enjoy yourself. And so, just forget yeah. about your mortgage and your worries and COVID and. Mm. What have you? Yeah, I, I think I think I need a couple of lipos. I'm starting to get a bit grumpy at home. I've been out for a, a couple of weeks. Need there, to do something. Oh, have you seen the weather though? Haven't you? It's been pretty yeah, awful lately. Good. I think the weekend's going to be all right though. Yeah, try and do something this weekend. Yeah, you'll be all right. Let's get out there. Just just a, a thought with kind of your broad view of lots of different tech is there anything out there that's kind of really got your interest at the moment of like some new new tool you found either hardware or software playing around with at the moment um i'm exploring some stuff so the the newest thing that i really can't wait to test is maybe some of you will know a company called fix4d in switzerland they make the best uh, data processing software. Basically, whenever you want to, you know, make a, make a three D model or make a map of your of your house or your property or anything else, you you will easily find it. And they just released a product called Pix4Dmatic, and it, it's yeah, it, I think it's released. It was released last week, and I really can't wait to test it. So <laughs> this is what I'm excited about. It's uh, like a next generation software for drone data processing which is quite great yeah. what do you, what's maybe because i mean i've seen loads of um interesting maps that have been just just visual you know photographic ones um as i think curry was demonstrating in in the, one of the one of his sims last week there was an interesting one of the uh, uh, British Castle. Yeah, we did the um, castle one and the skateboarding thing, didn't yeah. we? Um, but I've I've seen some that are not visual light, but some other things as well. So I mean, there's there's like lidar things as well. It'd be interesting. But mm -hmm. what's what's the maybe? Have you done any weird maps of like different frequencies of or some different senses that isn't just a a camera? Um, I've used a thermal camera. I remember we tried to do a roof inspection and one time, we, uh, it was still at CERN, we tried to detect a um, hot water leak underground 
mm. at the Nork. <laughs> oh, just the test. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I've actually I've never used a lighter on a drone. I've um, I've worked quite a lot with point clouds mm-hmm. uh, from a terrestrial laser scanner, but not from a drone. Um, yeah, I think yeah. Point clouds are also cool. Basically, when I was a student, I um, like the main field was land surveying, and for for the first half of my studies, and that was five years, I actually struggled quite a lot because that was just not my thing. And then I found photogrammetry, and I, you know, suddenly I started learning about laser scanners and three D data, and you put lasers and three D together, and that's what you know, that's what I like. <laughs> How simple I am. <laughs> <laughs> it got me properly excited about this field, so yeah. You can't say lasers just like normal, though, can you? You say lasers. <laughs> with the flying labs, we often use uh, multispectral cameras, mm. um, and then you uh, record each band separately, so you have the RD and V separate. And then what's really cool is that you get different uh, spectrum of different wavelengths of the infrared data, which can give you some pretty cool results. Because, for example, you can fly over a field or a forest and you can tell which plants are, you know, in general, which plants are healthy and which plants need more fertilizer, for example. So this is pretty cool as well. So, like, you'll be like a bee. You can pick out the good plants and... Exactly. Yeah, like, I think they see in 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 red, not how we see. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's the the same effect you get, right? If you take like an FPV camera and you open it, take off the the lens, and there's the sensor, and you've got the little uh, glass bit that's the infrared filter. Oh, that's so the, yeah, that the UV filter. Bit. You take that out, and you get yeah. wacky colours. Yeah, you take that out, and you get the wacky colours, and you can yeah. even replace it with. Um, if you've got a bit of old photographic film, um, then you can use that so it blocks the vis- visible light, but allows the near visible infrared light, which is what the kind of the plants reflect a lot when they're healthy. And then you can have your own little kind of um, infrared sensor doing it that way. Um, Why have that's... you never done this, Frank? Put it in I the have. queue behind your. Well, where's your where's your video? Where's the video? Oh, well, it's archived. I just oh yeah, Frank doesn't make videos. He just I'm pretends just to there. make. It's hard drive. I just there's, haven't there's, there's made a, the video. A photo yet. of it. A, a few photos of it. On at least on my Flickr. Maybe not on anything more recent. Is that oh. still a thing? Probably not. No. <laughs> yeah, you get some interesting, weird effects doing that way, but. Then obviously you can you can be much more effective and actually use it for social goods and working out where to put fertilizer. So does that mean we can develop a drone that literally will fling <laughs> but in a good way? <laughs> I think that's that sounds like a, a project for uh, sounds like something Jack should get involved in immediately yeah. given his, his background in this. It's, that's that's for his his special Mavic that he's built. Uh, that yeah. should be the next iteration. He's not known to defend himself, is he? No. <laughs> All the better. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. Andy, you've been very quiet, and I know we're going to get told off 
by the comments if we don't speak to you. Talk to you. by the comments? No, I'm just enjoying the conversation. It's interesting. It's, isn't it? Sometimes you just zone out and you think, yeah, am I listening to this on yeah. the podcast? Or, <laughs> or am I actually here? <laughs> what, what have you been up to this week, Andy? Anything cool? Uh, nothing this week, but I, I went flying on Sunday and I went, I'm going on Saturday. That's about it. I'm not, no, no agenda, just going to fly with friends. That's it really. I haven't got to, well, I had a problem with my GoPro nine. I've had, got to send it back. So I've, the nine, it, what the new one, yeah. the new special one. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's my pickiness really. There's a dead pixel on the sensor. And uh, so, but anyways, uh, so that's going, they're picking that up tomorrow. Wow. Uh, that's it, really, because I wanted to, because I haven't seen many uh, uh, flights, uh, unless it's just because I'm not looking around. I haven't seen many flights of the Hero 9. Yeah. I've got a quad there, pick it up. It's too I've heavy. seen a couple, but I've also seen um, someone's doing, um, I don't know what company are doing. They're doing a, so you can make the GoPro 9 seven and eight lighter by taking the battery completely out and then you can plug your lipo battery in to the uh type c yeah so yeah. your um, balance cable can you have a balance cable and then straight into type c so you can get rid of your battery so make it quite a bit lighter yeah, I can I see that being a, or something. I think I that's quite that good. Being popular with the nine for sure. Yeah, I, I can because it's so big and heavy, and it's really convenient as well. Because you don't like any time I go fly, I'm like, did I charge my GoPro? And it's that mm. that, or if you run out of battery, you can't mm. use it anymore. So uh, having it connect with your quad battery is just something else not to have to worry about. Um, Making sure yeah. you take it out of the mount without ripping the connector off. That's a different you can do time lapses and stuff and not worry about having your um, internal battery. You could just stick a big external battery on there and uh, do a night time lapse. Yeah. You, know, you yeah. see these time yeah, lapses. Little, I've seen them, people are selling them on. Is it like a little U yeah, USB C to thingy? I think it's like five quid. I don't think there's any in England. Where, where'd you stick it? In the USB port of your flight controller? No, uh, balance port balance on your lipo balance. Ah, port. okay, yeah, yeah. I balance plug yeah. straight to USB C. Oh, that works. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Yeah, and then you just get rid of that heavy battery, and then you've made it um, lighter than the Hero Eight. And what if you're using a, a 6S though on the balance port? Don't know. It, it maybe might. it's got. A, it won't have a back in it, but maybe the GoPro can take a higher voltage. GoPro are very against. Uh, I should watch what I'm saying here, aren't they? <laughs> They're very much against you using it as not intended. Should I say? Oh, uh, they took they took the um, video out ability away, didn't they? Yeah, they did, but it's such a massive battery in the nine, especially yeah. if you want to fly. Right. I mean, if you. If you want to do a long distance stuff, you could just run it off your off your lipo. It's, I think it's a good idea, especially for five quid. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm I'm well up for that for sure. I'll be I think it's in the it. chat already. Is that um, Richard Warwick putting in the chat? Let me just link. Oh, I fly are selling it. That's interesting. Okay, yeah. I'll 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 get on to them about that. <laughs> there you go, four ninety nine. They're already yeah. sending me. Oh, sorry, I've already bought a GoPro mount for it. 
Mm. Yeah, that's the other thing. What what I do like about it is uh, you don't need a mount because the legs just fold out now, so you can just mind you, it, you can get it scratched and stuff like that. They get scratched anyways in those mounts. I would, I would. Yeah, use, Mark Seven's knackered. Get a mount that that's got like the GoPro attachment, and uh, that because yeah, every time you take them, I, same with the eight out of those mounts, get a huge scratch across the top. Mm. So the protectors. You'll damage them, stick them in the protector. Yeah. Remember to unplug it before pulling the camera off. Yeah, I yeah I fixed it in my latest video, but yeah, I'm I'm on the hype train for making GoPros lighter for sure. I have to say, Andy, I'm I'm really glad to see that you did the Flywoo LR unboxing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Re really, because like I, people like. I've never really liked unboxings, but I kind of thought I'm going to be flying this before <laughs> more GoPro 9, poor Blue I'm sorry. Come on. It's still on topic. It's going for an hour, Jack. You know, I mean, you really should be here if you want to stop me, Jack. Oh, he's, got, he's called the ambulance and holding his finger up in the air. He was here. He just couldn't sort his audio out and went off in a tiz. <laughs> Oh, def there's definitely some sulking going on from Jack. <laughs> yeah, sulking. Get your ass here, or I'm going to talk about GoPro for the next hour and a half. <laughs> um, sorry. Uh, yeah. Harry, have you been up to anything over the past week? No, I've been. I've. I tried to make my next video in the Open HD series, which was going fine. I'd accidentally blown up one of my Pi Zeros. By reorientating it and getting the GPIO pins muddled up, and so I, I I murdered one. But I got a new one through. I put it on my rover. I got iNav running. I'm checking all my servers out. I'm checking it drives around. That's all good. And suddenly it just stopped working, and uh, it's eventually been pinned down to one of the GPIO pins is pulling low when it should be high or something, which is going to take a little while to fathom out why that why that is we don't know so nothing's technically broken on it the camera still works and stuff the the pie still works but it doesn't work with open hd so it's a little bit after after getting quite far quite quickly and like yeah this works this works i put it on something i said go and it goes <laughs> and breaks uh, other than that as uh you you and jack accompanied me uh i say accompanied me in a virtual sense to try out the the networking option for planes in the sim, so there should be a new sim out tomorrow. If I finish updating the wiki, so people can fly planes and quads, and you can try bashing the plane with your quad while the plane attempts to land on the building. That's our new game. <laughs> but no uh, flying because it's been awful weather. But hopefully, it might get out this weekend. Numskull uh, FPV, it ripped the the entire solder pad off the board. So it, I I don't I I didn't mention that in the video, and then of course all the comments are you can just solder to it, you can just solder to it, you can't solder to you know bare board. So no, uh, yeah, I mean technically I could have cut a trace, but I couldn't be asked. I like the connector. So what about you, Tony? Have you been uh, you know soldering up some Pi zeros? Yeah, of course. You know me, I'm I'm soldering legend. Look at this stuff. I use only the best solder. Weird, because that's actual solder, not gaffer tape. <laughs> oh, no. I have actually got gaffer tape here. This is my second go-to. <laughs> there's, there's his solder. <laughs> yeah. I, I, 
you know, I hate. I just like flying. I don't like fixing. That's, stuff. that's what I mean. Have you have you have you been out flying at all? I flew time. at my local reservoir, which has no water in it. I, I saw someone posted. Um, there's no water in here, and I thought I'm going to go fly there because I've flown there when there is water in there, and I literally went there and walked down the bank, right down the bank where people fish, and there was normally just tons of water and there was just a little stream going through and it was just dry and i thought well this would actually be quite cool so i just got my quad out and um done some flying in at the reservoir yeah it's it's pretty cool to to see i might go back there and fly the same spot in waders (laughs) because i'd have to be wearing waders because i think it'd be probably here it's going to be an interesting video, but, you know, it was really good because it was just, just bone dry. It was unbelievable, really, especially for, um, what, nearly October. Is it my birthday soon? Oh, yeah. Waiting for my presents, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is this Jack? Who you, did you forget his birthday this year, didn't you? Is he going to do I the forgot, same? I forgot Jack, so I'm not expecting <laughs> anything. <laughs> My birthday, so it'll be next week on the show, Tony's birthday. There we go. That's that's the episode sorted for next week. <laughs> birthday bumps for Tony. Yay. Uh, I managed to get out flying for like the third week in a row. Which wow, this is like, what the hell? Crazy. Yeah, went up to uh, Greenham Common, uh, which is the old US Air Force Base, uh, where there was all the nuclear protests about 30 years ago. Uh, went and flew uh, Fraser Steen's E-Wings Vortini. So there you go, E-Wings. You should definitely come on the show because I've flown one of your wings. So it was uh, extremely fast for flying line of sight as a tiny little wing, but I managed just about. But yeah. Is that a small one? I thought that was quite a big one. Well, it was quite small for how fast it was going. I was... <laughs> Is it because it flew away and that made it go Yeah, small? it got really small very quickly I and then see. got really big again and then very small again. I got you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was, that was fun. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what we do for Tony's birthday next week. Um, Get drunk. Yeah. <laughs> we can't give him the bump, so we'll have to ask Tony just to keep throwing himself on the floor 49 times. Yeah. It's not 49. <laughs> that's, so, that's what Jack's telling us. Yeah, well, he's lying. I'm young <laughs> and fit. Thank you very much. 40 bloody nine. Not there yet. And we'll we'll also have to uh, keep an eye out for the uh, Fly Like a Girl entries and, yeah. um, and Watch them look through them and, and see how the, the, the next round goes, which I'm sure everyone is going to be keeping an eye on and, and looking forward to. Um, yeah, uh, Blue Owl, thank you very much for coming on this week. Um, it's very interesting to hear how not yeah. only did you fly at CERN, but that you have topped that in your career since, uh, which I think is a very impressive thing to do. Um, so thank you very much. Thanks for having me, guys. It's always super nice to talk to you. Oh. Come back in six months, tell us what you're doing. Where you where yeah. you're living, how many countries you've crossed. For NASA next. Yeah. Flying the drone on Mars. Could <laughs> <laughs> be. And how you get on with all the bandos as well. We, we, we yeah. want to see yeah. well, she's promised us a video. 
Take lots of props. We, we will we will accept the the broken um bits of quad as proof uh of of lots of flying in bandos. Yes. All right, we'll try. Um, it's definitely going to happen, especially because <laughs> there's there's fewer leaves and less grass. Um, but there we go. Uh, we have uh, had on with us tonight. We've had Tony. Bonjour. We have had Curry. Goodbye. We have had Andy. Good evening. I've been Andrew slash Frank. Jack has been just not available or disappearing Sulking. and having a half. I'm sure he'll be back with us next week when we'll be celebrating tony's birthday so thank you everyone for joining us tonight and see you all next week goodbye Bye. 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 telemetry lost